This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's Swindon Town. Here we go then. Yet another part of the season which can only be described as busy. Hello, Joe. Hello, Rich. Yeah, another very busy couple of days. For yourself and me, uh, well, I mean, you know, it could go very, very, very badly. That's very much on the cards, but we'll see. Let's let's go over a bit of optimism. Hopefully, Swindon can can give us some Christmas cheer. I'm hoping for it. I I, I don't like it when there's flapping, especially from me. So I'm I'm looking forward to Christmas, being with the family, going to watch some football, and hopefully. Some points uh, at some point over that time. Yeah, that would that would be quite a quite a useful thing to get. Uh, staring at the fixture list might be might be quite tough to get some. Um, you know, we know how we've been against new managers mm-hmm. uh, with Boris Green getting rid of theirs today and Tranmere on a roll and obviously Wrexham. But you never know. Maybe maybe things will happen and and the players will find some legs from somewhere. Yeah, here's hoping. I imagine there's going to be a, a wave of returning players, but whether that's any use to us or if it's too soon or if others fall in the meantime, we'll never know. We'll get to that a bit later. Usual format, 
in most places, but I'm going to bring the Joe Zone in a bit earlier uh, this week. But first, we lost to Barrow last weekend. Feels like a very long time ago, and with good reason. Yes, it, it does feel like it. it does feel like a while. It was. It just felt like quite a long day. Really, it was absolutely horrendous. It did uh, performance match. <laughs> just just everything about it was real bad. Um, I actually got quite a good insight into the the feeling again the next day when my Sunday league team also just had 11 players and we were playing a cup match against a side that was described to me prior to the game as the best in Wiltshire mm. and we lost 20 to 1, but I was still our man of the match. Conceded a goal to your mob. I know. <laughs> what a bunch of losers. Pathetic. You play for a team. Who do you play for? Uh, I recently joined Ridgeway Rovers. Hello. Um, since, since moving to Swindon, so... Uh, yeah, just, try, try, trying to prove to, just trying to get into football. Really, um, <laughs> it's it's good fun. <laughs> I deliberately chose a quite bad team to be fair, so I could play. But uh, yeah, that was a chastening morning, I suppose. I suppose it was. Well, we all need a bit of an R and R, and it's with Ridgeway Rovers. Lovely. Well, we're all fans now. One last bit on Barrow. Michael Flynn was asked about it during the press, so we might as well. Uh, See how it's all gone since then. He was, yes, um, about kind of the lessons to be learned. He talks about the set pieces, which ironically he had also mentioned in the build-up and how Swindon actually defended them pretty well. And then that went out the window pretty significantly uh, during the 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> and yes, he was kind of talking about... He kind of again brought up that uh, Mickey Dimitriou and Wrexham's Dongfro and all these other supposed good set-piece sides um, hadn't undone them. But um, the, the goals clearly needed to be looked at in, in a big way because they were just about as free bad got as bad a goals as you could concede um, from a defensive point of view. Um, and look, and you know, and he was talking about looking to look at that again and just sort of generally <laughs> looking at the energy because, uh, in his own words, when it just weren't at the races, and I think everyone would would agree with that one. Yeah, I think so. Well. On to the next one. But I think, given the line of questioning, I think it's probably best to go to the Joe zone now. And then we can uh, we can also build on what was said during the presser. So, on to the Joe zone. Neither does he. Okay, fair enough. On the Youth Cup, especially as a lot of these players have already played like Arsenal's youngsters this season, how exciting of an opportunity it is for them to hit their wits against some of the best youngsters once again. Well, look, look, this this would be some of the some of the players, and I know this sounds quite brutal, but it's fact. This would be their big, some of their biggest games in in their careers in their life, um, because some won't go on to 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 make professionals, which is the the nature of the beast in in this. You know, the percentages of the players that go through to make the EFL. Appearances alone is is next to nothing. I have got the stats on my phone, um, just as a reminder of, of how brutal it is and how tough it is to be to become a professional footballer. Um, so I'm sure that these players, like they have done in in every round, um, they'll go out and they'll give their all. And who knows why? Uh, who knows? You know, they, they could cause an upset and, and and beat Manchester United, especially. You know, on our home ground. Yeah, and after what was a fairly flat atmosphere, it felt like against Barrow. Does it feel like Tranmere becomes quite important to restoring a bit of buoyancy to the fan base ahead of Wrexham and Forest Green? I know this seems this seems quite blasé, but 
It's not the Wrexham one I'm worried about, if I'm totally honest, because everybody is going to, like you said, it's a sellout. It's the excitement that Wrexham bring. It's the challenge of playing one of the top teams. It's, it's everything. It's, you know, that, that nobody's going to need any, any um, G-ing up for that one. You know, Tramia is the game I'm concentrating on. We need to you know, go there with the same intensity, the same mindset that that we that we have at home. And you know, it's nobody does it on purpose. You know, they they all go out there before the game. We're going to get three points. It doesn't always happen that way, but we got to make sure that we give ourselves every chance for it to happen. And I don't think we did that Saturday, and I don't think we did that against Swindon. So they that was the disappointing thing. We, you know, we can be a lot better than what we was. Um, whether we got eleven fit or thirty-one fit, you know, uh, senior players, we we can still do better than what we've done in the last two games. Yeah, and as you said, you're hoping to speak with Clem before um, Tranmere. If you were to sort of describe to him what your perfect window would look like, how many players can you do you feel like you can realistically bring in to strengthen things? It's, it's a tough window, January, because it takes you know, some players haven't been playing. Um, it takes time to maybe settle uh, at, at, at times. Not everyone, but some. Um, but you'll know I'm not going to go too much into it. But we we need we need players, um, and we need to add quality, not just numbers. It's good luck on Saturday. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Thanks very much. Um, Hello, Rich here with an exciting offer for listeners of The Lone Strangers. Yes, we've teamed up with NordVPN to help your viewing pleasure so you can watch your favourite things without constantly travelling to the chateau. That's right, NordVPN allows you to watch those sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with just one click to a country which is showing the content. NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. Now to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll also help support our podcast along the way. You can find the link in the podcast episode description box. Thank you, enjoy, and onwards. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, that's really fired up the home crowd now and Swindon buzzing here. And because again, rather uncertain with that cross and the shot almost comes to Mitchell. It's another goal. Right then, so the big news, because it was a quiet week, wasn't it? It was nice, there was no dramas, it was good. And even better, because the under-18s the week before got through to the next round of the FA Youth Cup, and this week 
it was confirmed that the opposition, the county ground, at some point between now and I think the 20th of January, will be Manchester United under 18. So that's very exciting. And I liked how uh, Michael Flynn was like, uh, yeah, I was going to say something. <laughs> after Barrow, but probably wasn't the best time. He, he's probably right. And I really liked your question about how that changes the mood a little bit within Swindon Town. Yeah, I, I quite liked, again, I think it was this, uh, we got the second reference of the season to Michael Flynn having the stats surrounding youth players making first teams on his phone for some reason. <laughs> that was fun. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think he probably read the room right there in terms of talking about the losing thing because... As impressive as it was from the Swindon youngsters, probably uh, it was. It felt like it would have felt like a weird aside um, after that p- performance that they put in. But very, very exciting to be able to play. Um, you know, it the currently the best youth side in the country coming to the county ground um, for for the Swindon under 18s So uh, something to look forward to in the next month. Yeah, absolutely. Match day price notwithstanding i do plan to go to that so hopefully it will be reasonable i'm sure it will be but nice thing to look forward to other questions you asked was uh well there was the atmosphere wasn't there he's not worried about the Wrexham atmosphere because it's a packed house and everybody joe everybody will be up for it i'm going i don't i'm not even 100 sure i'll be up for it but not necessarily because of toxic reds reasons might be just because it's boxing day and maybe wondering to myself whether I should be there or not and with my family instead, but <laughs> we'll see about that. But yeah. And then of course the other one was tight lipped, loose lips sink ships. He's not letting you know your plans for he'll, his plans for the transfer window. No, I, I thought maybe numbers he would, he could give away because I think he's talked about them in the summer, but um, he kind of it went back to his summer rhetoric of quality, quality, not quantity, which, I mean, if we could have both, that'd be that'd be quite useful, wouldn't it? Um, but uh, but he was yeah not giving anything away again in terms of uh, transfers, which is you know, his his call and probably the correct one in terms of we know how rumours and stuff can can sometimes hurt transfer deals. So uh, disappointing from my end, but I, <laughs> it, it, it makes a fair amount of sense on his. Yeah, well, there's been a fair bit of disappointment <laughs> for you on that respect. And I think he's probably right to not give you numbers because if he says six and we bring in two and lose four, then he's going to get crucified, isn't he? So it's it's probably fair that he just keeps his cards close to his chest for now. Yeah, I completely agree that you know, putting the number out there probably doesn't help him. And I, in, in fact, in the summer, that was, I think when he said four in the, like the last week, he said he was hoping for. And then that didn't happen, even though it wasn't like a hard guarantee. That was that one was still used as a, well, we said we were getting this. What the hell happened? Kind of thing. So yeah, I think heading into January, the the, the number, it, it's a not necessarily useful for us to know, and b uh, make makes a lot of sense for him to keep it keep it to himself. But hopefully it's hopefully it's quite a few. Oh yes, and we sure do need those bodies in in various positions because we're seeing. Fans talk about Charlie Austin going into defence and although everyone has their right to an opinion, you know times are hard when you're looking at Charlie Austin becoming a defender. Yeah, that's that's not a place a healthy football club would be. Mm. <laughs> the, the ad the readers have actually been on that for a while and they've said it more than once. So it was nice that that discourse went somewhere else. Yeah, uh, I can see why people are saying that, but 
he was part of that first goal, even though he was the one that noticed late on that there was somebody free at the edge of the box. But no, I I, I would prefer uh, we need a centre back. <laughs> we need we need proper defenders, not uh, makeshift solutions right now. Something that had been discussed over the last few months, certainly for one of these names, and a lot of fans had maybe misconstrued something that Flynn said earlier in the season about Ricky Agua um, not being able to return this season, that it was a, a proper full season loan. But the question has been asked about the availability of Ricky Agua and Tommy Adeloy and um, what was said here. Yeah, um, he said that he certainly could call them back, which I, th- I think we, we've previously addressed that when he said that he meant he couldn't do it then because like registration reasons and stuff like that. But um, he, he's, he's speaking on Aguiar and Adeloy. Uh, at this point, Connor Brand doesn't get a mention, but, <laughs> you know, he's the, the other first teamer out on loan. But he said that it, it was certainly a possibility, but if either Aguiar or Adeloy does, does listen back, listen to the interview I'm not sure they'll be expecting to be coming back to Wiltshire during January because he essentially says well it's possible but we got to look at things and I have to see um, who improves the team for the for the months to come so it wasn't sounding like something he was expecting to do I think it would be fair to say no I know he's he's dead against bodies for the sake of bodies but and I'm not I'm not actually that doom and gloom about January at this moment in time. I think I need to see what February looks like. But if it's going against us later in the month, it's a nice thing to have if we can recall them. I, I imagine there's a deadline in January. It's usually early now I've said that. Yeah, I think it's generally like the second week or something. Mm. But I would certainly, you know, looking at these two, I would like to see Adelo- um, Adelo- Aguiar come back. Um, just to see what he could do, and then you know you can potentially move him to a national league club uh, if that needs to happen later in the month. But given how well he's played at Worthing, speaking to people there, um, I, I think he's he's above that level. So it would we will probably be best in our best interest not to keep him there anyway. And then if he can make an impact on the Swindon squad, then certainly with Camp going back, then that would be great. Yeah, and Adeloy just. Done, you think? I, I don't see any way that Adeloy plays a kick for, for Swindon. I think that the the move to Partick was simply to get him off off get some of his wages off the books, and then you can and run down his contract for a year, and then he's off in the summer. I see no way he comes back. He's been largely on the bench at Partick anyway, so as as much as he has scored a couple of goals, it's not like he's he's blown away the Scottish Championship or anything like that to make you think. Or maybe there's a different player in there than we saw. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's certainly not a uh, Jake Young situation <laughs> for for poor old Adeloy. Agua looks like he's done well in the National League South, but he always looks like he does well in the National League South. Yeah, I, I think that is definitely true. He's, he's clearly there. But when I did speak to someone at Worthing, they said he definitely looks like a different player than he did before. Um, nine goals has him joint fourth from um, from goals in that league from midfield, and he's got a fair few assists as well. So I think, especially if Swindon will be down a ten, I think it would be worth giving him a look and then potentially moving him up a division, uh, see if you can find him a reasonable Nationals League side to play for for the second half of the season. Because I believe the two clubs thing only applies to the EFL, so we could move him to as many uh, non-league clubs as we wanted to. Yeah, I think a former town 
reserve, if we had a reserves, um, centre-forward Oscar Massey is already on his third club of this season. Doing the rounds in the Western League, he's gone from Penzance to Barnstable to Falmouth. Look, what a journey he's going on. He's like Rick Stein. <laughs> it sounds like a great travel programme on BBC Four. <laughs> yeah, Portillo's front in that, isn't he? So I wouldn't yeah. say necessarily great. He's all over it. <laughs> um, well, he, whatever happens with transfers... Morfuni's in town, and, and that was asked. That was asked. He's, um, I believe, um, Sean Hodges is probably right in saying he's on a plane right now. So, as far as I remember, the twenty first was mentioned as a day he would be coming back. Yeah. Um. Obviously, this this happened on the twentieth. So, um. Yeah, he was. He's Flynn said he he was excited to meet Morfuni in person for the first time, which briefly confused me. And then I was like, oh yeah, he probably wouldn't have been back. Uh, since Flynn's been around. So that was apparently so a completely Zoom and phone-based love affair that the two have. Um, and then he'll be coming back. He'll, Flynn says they plan to speak on Friday ahead of you know, the Tranmere game to talk through the plans and all that other stuff. And I, I don't know, maybe more Finney will pull him a pint. That's what he's usually best at. Um, and then um, an interesting choice of words I felt from Michael Flynn to say, I, you know, I'm hoping his him coming back will galvanise the fans and galvanise the club um, and they'll they'll be excited to see him on the for the game at Wrexham, which will be his first back. And I was like, you don't read Twitter, do you, boss? No, but at the same time, I think there's still plenty of admiration for him on the ground. I think, I think there are still many Swindon Town fans that take what we criticise and what we fear with a pinch of salt and, you know, they'll they'll see it when they believe it or they'll see it when they believe it, I should say. And and maybe that will, you know, there, were, there was enough noise at Barrow to know that he's lost the town end largely. And when you lose the town end, yeah, well, that's big, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that's the vocal part of the stadium, isn't it? So, you know, if there is any potential um, anti-Morfuni sentiment it would have been coming out of the town in anyway so that them going the way they are and the, the freeloaders chance that existed you would expect that you know even especially with Morfuni there Wrexham there um that could I, I would I would expect something in his direction during that 90 minutes welcome back Clem Morfuni we'll see how it goes I'm sure it'll be um, a, a lot of conversations with Anthony Hall going I didn't even call them freeloaders why, why? I don't know where they've got that from. <laughs> okay, we'll move on to the injury front, and there is some positive news here. Yes, there was certainly some positive news, although technically we did have it ahead of Wimbledon too, and then it didn't come to fruition. So True. anyone, so uh, I would urge everyone to keep their hopes in check because uh, these things never seem to go the way that we hope they will. Um, but there was, I, I, I think, as certainly as close to a definite inclusion. Um, as you'll ever get from Michael Flynn and uh, Tyree Shade, who obviously missed uh, the Barrow game through illness. Uh, it sounds like he's okay. He's recovered from that. Uh, he was seeing the doctors and he's back and will be available. And as well, Jake Kane um, should be around and ready to make the trip up north um, for, back to his, uh, you know, hope, <laughs> geographically, a lovely place for him to be playing around Christmas uh, with, with his uh, links to uh, Wigan, I believe. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, he's supposedly back and available from injury, so he could be on the bench. And then he said they're monitoring two others, which uh, no prizes for guessing that's Tom Burrow and Rashan Hepburn Murphy um, uh, as well as uh, with a view to a potential return. But 
there's slightly cryptic um, talk of talk about oh well that will be uh, down to the timing of those things. So I wouldn't necessarily expect those two to be available for this game, but there's a potential for a Wrexham or Forest Green return for those two as well. But you know it it feels like we've not had anyone actually come back and for a little while. So uh, Shade and Kane is 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 certainly a positive move. Yeah, I, I would like to see the two slash the four of them on the bench minimum for Tramier to get them ready for Wrexham because going in cold for the Wrexham game feels like a dice roll, but at least giving them some minutes at Tramier, it might be beneficial. Yeah, I think if they can be on the bench, then them doing that would be the best possible. It's, you know, as we said, the Eve players don't really tend to come on anyway, so... That they're they're placeholders, so you can have a the injured player as the pay or the you know half fit player as a placeholder, and if you can get five ten minutes out of some of them at the end, if things go uh, well, but uh, which is which doesn't seem overly likely that Swindon will be out of sight with in that level of game. We we've even seen that if you think they are, then they probably aren't, um, and Accrington as well. So, uh, but you know if you can give them that, then that would be incredibly useful for. You know, someone like a, a Tom Brewitt or or a Jake Kane, for example, to be able to play a bit more come the Wrexham game. Yeah. He doesn't usually like talking about Reese Devine, but there was a question and an answer in relation to the poor chap. Yes, he was he was back uh in, in the news. Obviously we don't really get updates on the long termers anymore with uh Devine Uwakwe, um uh Ben Ward, um and Tom Clayton. Um, who have been out for long-term injuries, they just kind of get left until they potentially come back towards us. And we got an actually specific answer on Reese Devine today, which was that apparently he's been back running for a little while now on the grass, but he's not you know, in any way close to being in contention. He's been off to uh, sunny Swansea, uh, supposedly today, to go and um, see some specialists for testing. Because, I mean, I don't know how he actually su- sustained the injury specifically, because it was a behind-closed-doors friendly, but... Um, apparently on the day of the, the Swansea game in which Reese Devine sustained his injury, uh, they they said that Swindon could, I guess, use their medical facilities and their club doctors to help with his rehabilitation. So um, very kind of them to, to stick to that and continue to help Devine because um, his medical costs, I'm assuming, are most of the £8 million. Um, so he's been, he's been off there. And so... Uh, no, he's obviously not close, but it is fairly positive about um, the way his his rehab is going, I suppose. Lovely. Well, we wish him well. As a side, Saidu Khan's availability is a bit up in the air in January, isn't it? Yep, yeah, Saidu Khan is now um, he's on the preliminary squad for the Gambia, for the Af- African Cup of Nations, which I'm sure we were all expecting. Their, their official squad announcement hasn't come yet. Um, I imagine that will be probably in the first week of January with the tournament starting on the 13th. So um, he, he said that he doesn't know yet and obviously Khan doesn't know yet either, but um, he's made the that initial list of names, which I think we all could have probably guessed, but uh, he is he's one step closer to fulfilling that AFCON dream. Let's see how it goes there. So, here we go then. It's Christmas. There's a lot of football on. We've got Tramier Rovers, Wrexham, Forest Green Rovers, and Crawley Town in a in in such a close space of time. We don't think we can get a Wrexham presser over the line because 
it just doesn't work. So that we'll see if we can get something else done for you. But there's a lot of football here. So it's bad enough or hard enough as a fan, one remembering what day of the week it is, let alone the footballers who have to look after themselves at a time where food is just so delicious, Joe. But trust is the uh, is the big word between Flynn and his squad over Christmas. Yes, absolutely. The I guess trusting them as as adults, or as he um, I guess correctly rephrased, most of them pretty are barely that. Um, just in terms of age, not in terms of criticizing them as people. Um, and so and so, it, it's about having that trust in the players to to know what what they should and shouldn't be doing, and you know, getting the best rest and recovery that they possibly can because um, after the barrel game one of the things that Michael Flynn said was that it needed to be eating living and um, sleeping right or as well as they can to make sure that their recovery is as good as it possibly can be with the kind of bare bones squad that Swindon have got at the moment um, to get them through this this period of the season um, and, and make sure that they the, the 11 players who we know we definitely have, and hopefully a couple of others, as we've mentioned, coming back in from injuries to to pad that out along the way um, to make sure that they can continue to play those games and show more than they have been able to show in the last couple of weeks. And, and that, um, that recovery is going to be probably the most pivotal part of this kind of 10-day stretch for Swindon. Yeah. So for that, all injuries or straight reds at Tramia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see you wanted Christmas off. Um, at the weekend, I think it, it, it's it's a running joke, and I do it every year, and I don't think anyone's actually done it. But <laughs> I, I would find it funny if someone got a straight red at Tram, yeah, and I'd and I'd kind of respect it in, in a way. Uh, but yeah, just stamps on someone in the ninetieth minute. <laughs> Look. I want to see my kids open their presents. Leave me be. I'm sure they end up having to go anyway. Just sit in the stands going, this isn't how it was going to be. This isn't how it should have been. Yeah, he just goes full um, Leon Clark. If you think I'm running on Christmas Day, you can forget it. <laughs> uh, I'm with Leon on that one. That's for sure. Let's talk about Tramier Rovers because there wasn't much Tramier chat. Well, they've had a wretched season up until November, hadn't they? They were spiraling and circling the drain in ways that even we could only have nightmares about they spent most of this season in the bottom three or four they currently sit in 21st but they have a little bit of a buffer between them in 21st and Forest Green Rovers in the relegation zone but Forest Green Rovers do have a couple games in hand Sutton well Sutton have a game in hand but they they look done don't they even after only 21 games my goodness it's the halfway point of the season uh, for Tramier and Swindon this weekend if we were playing them a month or so ago we'd be very confident but over the last few weeks under Nigel Adkins it's getting better Their last six games, for example, they beat Forest Green Rovers at home 3-0, drew away at Sutton 1-1. What a horrible result that is for both sides. Then they beat Ginningham at home 3-1, drew away at Mansfield 2-2, good result. Home win against Newport County in early December 2-1. And then most recently they did lose away at Walsall. But I suppose, Joe... The big thing that you we can observe here is they have won their last three games at Prenton Park in a row. 
Yeah, the home form is clearly the backbone of, of their recovery at the moment. The disappointing loss, obviously, last time out. But before that, I think it was five or six games unbeaten. So clearly, Adkins is getting a, a good tune-up. The squad that he technically built himself as director of... I think it was director of football was his technical title. He was upstairs, anyway, um, before stepping down. And, yeah, as, as you say, a month ago, this wouldn't have looked like a bad fixture. But... Uh, they're, they're certainly one of the form sides actually in the division at the moment, so it's it's looking a bit more daunting. Yeah, yeah, and and we haven't had much success in recent years. I think we we definitely lost our last two up there, and we haven't scored in those either. Last time we've we've beaten Tramier was back in 2019, and that was away a two one win with Mark Richards and Michael Doughty scoring the goals. So, I mean, I shrug my shoulders and, and I'm, I'm currently in the mindset of let's just hope and see what happens. <laughs> I think that's pretty much all you can do, having having watched the, the last two games. I'm not sure there's anything beyond hope uh, for a side that looked kind of as dead as that one did uh, for the last 180 minutes of football that they've played. Uh, you know, two sides who two seasons ago were playoff sides and look at us now. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's a sad old state of affairs. And Tramier, am I right in saying Tramier usually quite praised for how they're run by the is it Palios or Palios family that 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 own them? I don't I don't know what 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 the fans think of those at the moment. But but yeah, just I don't think anyone anticipated they would have such a poor start to their season. But yes, a lot of losses. Yeah, I don't think anyone saw them being quite as far down as, as they were, certainly after not a great season last time out. I think they brought in a few more experienced players over the summer. Obviously, Luke Norris went there among, as long, along with some others. Um, but yeah, them and Doncaster, I think, were the two big surprises out the gate in terms of sides who you thought could could probably be a lot better than they were, being at, being at the wrong end of the table. Um, and they, no, I, I think you're right in saying the Palioses usually do get a fair bit of praise for for the way they run the club, but it's, it's definitely been a pretty pretty tough season for them for the last few weeks. Yeah, what's the deal with Luke Norris? Because I don't think he's played that much this season, has he? Is he injured? Do we know? I, I honestly couldn't tell you to be honest. Yeah. I just I just all he's you know he continues to live rent free in my mind, and uh, I'm aware <laughs> of his lo- location at all times. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Jordan Turnbull hasn't played the last couple of games, but he might have been suspended because he got sent off a few games ago. I don't know um, what the deal is there. Jordan Turnbull, funny relationship with Swindon, considering he was a, a former player of the season, and he is one of our own, a, a Wiltshire boy, but doesn't have the greatest legacy for whatever reason. Did I miss something? I mean, I've... I It will always back for me how he was player of the season the year that he got it, to be fair. <laughs> Um, he was, I don't know, he, he, was, he was quite a strange player in terms of being, I felt he wasn't great when we were good and then when we were bad, he actually looked a lot better. So he's, he's a tough player to figure out, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see if he plays. He's played most of the season. It's just the last few games he's missed, I think. But yeah, like you said, they've got some decent players. The goalkeeper, Luke McGee, he's, you know, part of that Forest Green Rover side that went up. Christian Dennis. Christian Dennis perennially plays for teams that struggle, even if he scores. It is it is quite an odd thing, even though he had a season off with Carlisle as they got promoted. And Tom Davis, Regan Hendry, plenty of plenty of lower league names in the Tramier setup. But you know, sometimes it, it just doesn't 
happened for them. What did Michael Flynn have to say about Tramier? Probably as generic as it gets, <laughs> even by Michael Flynn's rather lofty standards about what a what a team is like. Um, he said they have a lot of threats, um, and then didn't really say what they might be. Uh, he said it was a hard-working team with a deep squad, um, and then said, obviously, about Adkins, that he, he kind of stepped in knowing... Um, you know where he could improve because he he put together quite a lot of the squad, um, as in in the role that he held before becoming interim and then I, I believe now permanent manager, um, and and kind of being able to and that's been helping them get that that you know that new manager bounce in terms of him being there where he he had that understanding of the players that he'd signed so that's that's helped them but no he he was a. Uh, it was hardly a, a Don Revy dossier we were handed about what Tranmere Rovers would be like. No, well, that's consistent, if nothing else, isn't it? So there we go. Anything anything really else that should we, we should be aware of ahead of the Tranmere game? Oof. Uh, yeah. <laughs> try and do something else, I, I would imagine. <laughs> that, that would be my main message, I think. Putting a lot of faith in those returning players, changing Changing our fortunes, but it's not—it's not out of the question, is it? What what prediction are you going with? Are you are you are you, are you positive? Are you negative? Or are you somewhere in between? I mean, in terms of actual thoughts about the game, I think it would definitely lean towards the negative side. But for prediction, I'm going to try and preserve my sanity a little bit of going up there um, two days before Christmas and say that it's going to be worth it for the first time. Um, bad omens that uh, my brother, that um, Alex, will be there. He's not seen us win all season, so um, he's going to be at all the, I think, all of the Christmas games. So if we still not seen us win, then we're in a real bad place. Um, so I'm going to go two one to Swindon and hope that 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 particular jinx ends. Well done. Um, I don't know if I can go with 2-1. I want you to be right. You got the points for the wrong reasons. Last week by predicting a loss, I'm going to stick with the draw, and I'm going to say two-two. This side, she concedes, um, but so to Tramier. So I'm going to go with a two-two draw and hope for the best. But I hope you're right. Yeah, I mean, I think if someone offered me two-two, I would immediately snap their hand off. To be honest, with the way things are going at the moment. Yeah, okay. Well, finally, before we go, nice quick pod, um, as it should be at this time of year. You've gone for a deep dive in your role as journalist for The Advertiser by trying to solve one of the unsolved mysteries of Swindon Town Football Club. The whatever happened and what was the deal with Milan Meeson? Is it Meeson or Meeson? Lovely stuff. Well done. Thank you very much. It's been a that was a passion project of mine for quite a long time. So to be able to finally roll it out and you know a little bit about the travails of it, Rich, because I've been speaking to you um, about the the process. But I that's an article that I pitched in my interview with the advert in the summer, and I've been working on I think since October. So it's been <laughs> it's been a lot of work to finally get it ready and get everything where I wanted it to be. There's still more, and actually, when I got back on, because I was on leave yesterday, uh, got back in uh, and looked at my emails. There was there was an email that intrigued me on the topic of Milan missing today. So um, it might not be the end of it, but it's uh, it was a it was lovely to be able to put it out. And thank you so much to everyone that read it because it did really well, 
and um, everyone was very positive about it. So that was very nice to see as well, because I was quite nervous that morning because you never really know what way those things are going to go. Because, I mean, people might have been like, I don't care. So that was that was in the forefront of my mind. But it was it was nice to see that other people were, uh, were as interested as I was in that topic. It was a fascinating moment, wasn't it? Because there we were struggling in League One and we had so much success with Celtic players, Ben Hutchison maybe aside, that when when another one comes in, you're kind of like, yeah, cool. And they gave all the noise, all the fanfare, you know, a, a rare unveiling on the pitch on a match day with Jordan Pavitt. He didn't look like a footballer, did he? Bless him. And um, never to be seen again. Yeah, essentially that was. He was on the program for a few weeks, and then he was he vanished. Yeah. No, um, we didn't. We didn't sign him. We didn't sign him. <laughs> I, I, I love that because I I'd never actually seen that article before. Um, before I started the research, I thought it just went entirely unmentioned. It's like, no, no, you guys, you guys did, didn't see that. He was never. He was never a Swindon player. Since when does holding a shirt in the ground with your name on the back? being announced as a new signing possibly suggest it's a new signing <laughs> exactly who who ever thought, looked at that and thought that's a Swindon player um, but I, I think this is another time to make the impassioned plea that in his interview in the program the week after that uh Misson says that he gave his shirt to on that day to someone in the crowd oh if you have that shirt i would like i would like to buy it off you wow. so please get in touch if you have a milan miss and swindon shirt is money it, an option of money, an obstacle uh, i mean it, it depends how much you're asking for let's not be ridiculous here but i i, I would i would love to I, I would certainly love to see it but i would certainly i would also quite like to own it mm, yeah Oh, and maybe next you can do like a whatever happened to Sean Close. I'd love to know. <laughs> I, I, I can't say I know who Sean Close is. So uh, that, would, that would take some research, but I would, I'm, I'm open to all pictures because I really, really loved getting to write that story. It was, it was for many reasons, very fun. So absolutely, I'll, I, I can look into Sean Close. Lovely. It was a great read. Well done. Okay. I don't have anything else to say, so we might as well close. So Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music for the presser is provided by the awesome Drag Me Down and the podcast logo is created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, you Reds! Come on, Swindon! Hi, LS Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.